Hello and welcome to you, the animal and the machine. Sorry I'm not able to do these as often as I would like, but it's not really a priority I can put into it. If you wish to change that, please support me on Patreon. And the more resources heading my way, the more time I will be able to dedicate to it. If you wish to talk to me, find me, Tatham, the animal and the machine, on Mastodon. Hello and welcome to you, the animal and the machine. And this week, the key to happiness. Why the key to happiness? Why that before the meaning of life? Well, it's about the priority and what's really important. If I told you that you could have the meaning of life, but it would make you sad, or the key to happiness, which would you choose? You can give that as little or as much thought as me, whichever you prefer. But the answer is to take the key to happiness. Incidentally, the meaning of life won't make you sad, but that's for next time. The key to happiness is in pleasing the animal part of you. It's very immediate and sensory-led, but don't confuse pleasing the animal with stereotypical definition of hedonism. It's not about the unempathetic pursuit of pleasure at all costs. That will have the exact opposite effect of making you happy. Hedonism is self-destructive. Take a quick examination of yourself. You are evolved with feedback where things that improve survival and reproduction get linked to joy and happiness, while things that don't make you sad. You are evolutionarily programmed. On top of all the animal, our intelligence and self-awareness grew. And we do smart things every day. Our intelligence, however, the machine, is not where happiness lies. The first thing you should do is recognize and appreciate your emotional state. If there is something making you sad, then requesting you to be happy despite this is not addressing the cause, just the effect. Mindfulness won't work to make you happy if the moment it keeps you in is a sad one. I actually find putting myself in the future better to deal with this. The nonsense of this is obvious when thought through. If you've had to give back a puppy you were looking after, and it brought you great joy, then asking you to just be happy about this is that. One of the things that can help you be happy is to first allow yourself to be sad. The truth will set you free as a truism, because it's true most of the time. If the happiness is in the animal, and the animal is in the immediate, you can be happy right now with mindfulness. If you can be happy right now, mindfulness will help you, as it will put you in the now and remove future worry. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a great guide to happiness, although I need to check its origins and regard it as an extension of work of the Blackfeet Nation. It's basically right, but the true perspective, in my opinion, is one of evolutionary need. So, I've redrawn it, and this is how I have it. At the bottom is the preservation of genetic self. And to be clear, genetically, your children are you and counting this. Needing water, air, and similar can be counted here. Next, second level, is the conservation of energy. And I bucket the need to eat with the need to be warm in here. It's a major part of why lying on a beach on a hot day is nice. Above that is the animal sense of safety. The sword of Damocles explains this well. 
Imagine abundance around you when you're on a throne, and above you a heavy, sharp sword suspended by a single horsehair. There is no intellectual motive here, just the animal instinctive knowledge that the throne isn't a good place to sit right now. Animal satisfaction is the next level, and where most of us are, and can improve things. It's the stop and smell of coffee, walking barefoot on the grass, and hugging your children or pets. I'll come back to all of this in a bit. My next one is being in the tribe, which Maslow has as the belonging and love. This is still in the animal, but it's in the ape part that doesn't exist for most species. But we're not talking about them, we're talking about you. We were in tribes before we had fire, and we had fire before we were human. It was the fire that gave the energy to grow the machine part of our brains that makes us human. Moving out of the animal into the machine is the machine sense of safety. It's the strategic or political threat that Dionysus II, the 4th century BC ruler of Syracuse, Sicily, felt when he represented his threat as an animal threat with the sword. You should look up the story, it'll make more sense. Finally, is the betterment of the tribe. It is the real self-actualization. Understanding this, we can begin to see how we can make our life happy. And what we have are two sections. You've got the animal, where the bottom are happiness breakers, and the top are happiness makers, and same again for the machine. So let's talk about the preservation of genetic self. Nothing is more scary than your child being very sick, and that is a big one on the preservation of your genetic self. If you want to do a lot for yourself and others, defend or fight for universal healthcare. Universal healthcare does tremendous things to the well-being of the British, but in the United States of America, the gaping lack of medical coverage brings so much fear. Incidentally, it's also more affordable than private insurance, as the state, which is you, has monopoly powers. And then there's the hidden cost of losing a large part of your most talented people because they started poor, but I'm digressing into economics, and that will be for another day. So what you can do regardless of where you are, is get your family's health in the best order you can and lower that concern. An interesting side note on family is that all multicellular life is kind of family, but it's just a matter of degree. The closest life to us, like other humans, come with the most potential satisfaction. But we are complicated and we are hard work, so these things also come with quite a burden. One classic mistake when people get broody and they're planning to have kids, is being unable to wait and getting a puppy before then having a baby. We only have so much capacity, and puppies are very similar to babies, genetically, and therefore also in many ways, so they are hard work. You may find that you need to prioritise your baby, which is correct, but it doesn't stop being unfair on the puppy. In short, if you need a bit more life in your life, look down the evolutionary tree and find the closest life that you have the appropriate time for. It might be adopting a child and giving them a home, or it might be a goldfish or a houseplant. It's your choice. So if you've got your basic health covered, we'll move on to the conservation of energy. And this is where I like the nice warm summer's day. We can't control what the day is like, and in most instances you can't change your climate. So what this really means for most people is being warm in your home in winter. If you can insulate your home and put solar panels on your roof, in the summer a solar-powered air conditioner would be great. This takes some privilege though. So just do what you can. The last of the animal happiness breakers is the animal sense of safety. The US gun lobby would say that if you want to be safe, get a gun. But then they are trying to sell guns. Personally, what would make me feel safer is the person threatening people not having a gun in the first place, as opposed to me also having a gun. So personally, I'd rather have strict gun laws, but that is my preference. You do you. If you feel you need to, make your home safer with stronger doors or windows. 
and maybe take self-defence classes. It did work wonders for the suffragettes. So on to the big one. This is the animal satisfaction, and it's very much about happiness making, because this is where the joy is. This is where you smell the coffee. This is where you hug your children. You can be your best when you're in tune with your animal. Now, I could probably spend another whole podcast about that, such as doing exercise and keeping your animal machine all ticking over the same. But again, that is for another day. You've got to think about things for what the animal wants. Go up tall buildings and take in the view when you want to celebrate success. And be near running water when you want peace. Ideas like rule number 32, enjoy the little things, will absolutely help you survive Zombieland. And more than that, they how to enjoy life. For real. From an animal perspective, it is the answer. It's better to not drag your child to nursery and everyone being upset, even if it means you get to work on time. But instead, go with the flow. Stop and look at the trees. Admire a cement truck, you know, if the kid likes it. And just turn up late for work. Now, this is not official advice for life. Merely an explanation of how it can work, as your machine sense of safety will tell you if this is a realistic option or not, based on the known long-term consequences. But I can tell you which of these two will make you happier in the short term. Now out there, all advice on happiness dances around this point. Being in the moment, mindfulness, although this assumes you're not in a negative place. Advice like this will help you if you are comfortable, if you have achieved the lower levels of preservation of genetic self, conservation of energy, and your animal sense of safety. But it will not help you if you are hungry, you need food, or nowhere safe to sleep at night. You have to be in a good place for mindfulness to work. You'll just get stuck in the negative. The main purpose of mindfulness appears to be trying to turn off the machine, but it just won't work with happiness breakers in effect. So, everyone out there, please don't ask people to be here if they're not ready. On to being in the tribe. I class this one as animal because it's heavily emotional based and generally we are happier in the tribe, but quite often not bothered if not. We are more evolved towards tribalism than most animals. And remember, we were hominids for over a million years before we were human, and we were apes for millions of years before that. It's relatively modern in our evolutionary history, but it's still a chunk before we fully developed our brand new machine, our thinking brains. The one we have in our now species of Homo sapiens. In just 200,000 years, we started with sticks and rocks and we went to the moon. That is exponential growth, and we're still on it. And actually, it blows my mind. All we need to do is just not knock over those things that can kill us while we keep growing. Anyway, the tribe is fairly deep and being in a group of about 20 to 30 people, all agreeing on and doing the same thing, feels amazing. So if you want to be in the tribe, join a social club or go running, sailing, playing D&D, whatever. Go find your people, but avoid the haters. Hate makes you destroy your own world. You can hate the haters, but not too much, or you become one of them. Interestingly, empathy is learned, and it's a way to maintain cohesion of the tribe. Although you can't have too much empathy, or one of the rival tribes will take advantage of that, and will come along and take you out. It's why fascists work to dehumanise people, and so racism is also here. It's also why good people can stand by and do nothing while people are being killed, because they are not thinking and are not emotionally engaged. They are delegating to the tribe, assuming it has some kind of collective wisdom. Finally, into the Homo sapien, machine sense of safety. Now, this is the machine happiness breaker. Stress is here, and mindfulness tries to remove you from here. It's important to remember that the animal is in the immediate, and the machine thinks to the future. This is where you do thinking, and if you realise that you are a good person, standing by and doing nothing while people are getting killed, maybe do something. In fact, the biggest thing you can do about this sort of thing is that if you're against the Nazis, you need to vote for the party that doesn't support Nazis. It's pretty simple, really. Also, for politics, there is no neutral. As fascists want to restrict your power, so not doing anything is a choice that you're going to let them. Acting like you've not made a choice 
is actually choosing not to act. So, stress. Stress is in the machine sense of safety. The definition of stress is having responsibility you are unable to fulfill. You see impending trouble, and this is where mindfulness tries to help you pull your head out of it. This is why mindfulness is only a temporary respite, as these threats are real and your feelings are legitimate. The animal doesn't understand the machine, but it feels the threat, and the animal is only in the immediate. And, as the animal is only in the immediate, it maintains the fight or flight. The animal doesn't understand the machine, but it feels the threat, and as the animal is only in the immediate, it maintains the fight or flight. This is unsustainable, and why your health gets affected by stress. It's also why you can be unsure if you're happy. As stressful tasks pass one way or another, the stress subsides and you find yourself in your happy place again. Repeated stress leads the machine to anticipate the next stress, which is something you know you're going to need to deal with, but in that particular moment, you also do not have the power to act on it. At this point, you need to leave whatever is doing this to you. If it's a toxic relationship or an exploitative job, you just need to end it. More generally, to alleviate the stress, you need to remove things that are working against you. The best thing you can do is leverage the tribe. Don't just fight for your issue, that can be the main focus, but lend your voice to others and they can lend their voice to yours. Incidentally, the Republican Party are excellent at tribalism. The Democrats actually not very good to try and bother less people as possible and gain no votes. Democrats wish to do better, they need to get more vocal about more issues rather than turning people away and switch them on. On to the happiness maker for the machine, the betterment of the tribe. Self-actualization was Maslow take, but I prefer thinking more in line with the Blackfeet nation. It is possible to be entirely self-absorbed, where you just want accolades for amazing work, and the betterment of the tribe is just inconsequential to you, but even under this extreme, you are still bettering the tribe. More naturally is the want to make things better for everyone. Finding your great work will be one for the tribe, from amazing pandemic vaccines to the development of nuclear fusion, or even Newton's explanation of how the universe physically works. Nobel Prizes, journal publications and great films are all seen as great successes. And this simply comes from a lot of people taking a benefit from it. But what is a great success? Quite simply, it is something where a lot of people take benefit from it. Most people's wish for self-actualization is to leave their job and start something for themselves. I guess this is mine, although I am happy in my work. It's the thinking ahead and having the opposite of stress. For me, this doesn't pay anything right now. And that's okay. Although, again, if you want to go to Patreon and help there, that's up to you. For me, with this, I just kind of need to say it, put it out there, and, and hope that in some part it helps you. So I guess for now, this is a hobby, and hobbies are about fulfillment. Now, this actually ties quite neatly into the meaning of life, but that is for the next time. Thank you for listening. So go out and vote, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you.